Thank you so much for clicking on this week's episode of Gillyweed Girls. Last week, we shared some of the most popular ghost ship stories in honor of spooky season in episode two, overdramatic seamen and weird glowing ships. This week, we are sticking with our theme of spooky season, but we're diving into a completely other area, distraught ghoulie girls and sea baddies. <laughs> we thought since last week we focused on dramatic seamen, it was time to give some attention to our ladies. Or our eggs. <laughs> Before we dive in today, quick bikini bottom sidebar to pay a homage to saying goodbye to our last couple of weeks with our SpongeBob references. Uh, quick question for you, Kayla. Fuck Mary Kill. Plankton's wife, Karen. <laughs> Mr. Krabs' daughter, Pearl the Whale, and Sandy Cheeks. Oh, that is so hard. I know. Honestly. Um,. Okay, I'm going to kill Pearl. She's cool, <laughs> but I just can't. We <laughs> right need that blubber boom. for oil She's for dead. Um, Obviously, I got to smash Sandy Cheeks because she got them <laughs> cheeks. <laughs> Those and marry the fuck out of Plankton's wife, Karen, because she was so loyal. Literally, she most was. loyal bitch I have ever seen on TV. It does not matter what stupid plan Plankton had. She That girl rides. That's Karen true. rides. Like, That's true. Most loyal. She would k- literally kill for me. She would help me, like, hypnotize an entire fucking city in order to steal the Krusty Krab recipe. And that's the kind of, like, energy I'm here for. So, Mary Karen, easiest decision I've made in my life. I feel that. Yeah. Hmm. What about you? I'd probably have to kill Karen because the technology oh. can die, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe marry Sandy Cheeks and mm-hmm. have a quick tumble with Pearl the Whale. Um, maybe <laughs> I need to rewatch it. In my head, for some reason, like, Pearl... Like her energy just annoyed me, but maybe yeah. I'm like thinking. No, wrong. she annoyed me too. That's yeah, why I'm okay. like, eh, yeah. what I would want. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I she was like, but I do love whales. Buy me, so. buy me blonde wigs, even though oh, I'm a whale true. and you're a crab. I do remember that. Honestly, mm-hmm. though, saying I like the marriage would have to be a toss up between Carrie and Karen and Sandy Cheeks. She is. I love Sandy. Yeah, so. Sandy is a ride or die. Sandy. Yeah. I need True. water. Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do love Sandy. Now I want to watch SpongeBob, and SpongeBob like annoys the fuck out of me now, so that's oh saying something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anton has a childhood friend whose dad banned watching SpongeBob because he <gasps> no. said that it produced annoying kids. <laughs> He's probably not wrong. <laughs> right? If we you were in some... literally any indication. <laughs> Mahoney <laughs> hoink. <laughs> Mom and dad were probably like, Our poor God. mom and dad. Yeah. I know. <laughs> Fever dreams about SpongeBob. They're oh just wake up gosh. now. <laughs> Our poor mom and dad with oh, my dear. real dreams, my nightmares. I used to mm-hmm. always climb into their bed right in between them yeah. in the middle of the night. And I remember there was one night, too, where I climbed in, and they were like, you gotta stop doing this. And I was like, oh, <laughs> man, shit. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's I like don't I remember quit, that. I gotta quit being a little bitch and having these nightmares. What do I do? <laughs> 
if they wouldn't Aww. stop that house in Michigan yeah. was haunted. But Definitely. I chose a story that probably won't come as a surprise to you if you've listened to our previous episodes. Ghost stories don't get much better than the tragic tale of the White Lady of Ireland's Ooh. most famous ghosts. I love this story. It's really, really cool, mm-hmm. and it's hilarious that it aligns so beautifully title-wise with Kayla's story, but it is quite different in mm-hmm. content, so don't be yeah. fooled there. So... The White Lady. The ghost of a grieving new bride is said to be seen haunting the grounds of the ruins of Charles Fort in Kinsale County Cork. This is an County island, Cork. of course. Yeah, That's County Cork. Okay, I'm yeah, liking the story is. already. Exactly. According to legend and famous Irish ghost stories, a soldier at Charles Fort married a local girl, and they stayed at the fort for their wedding night. According to legend and famous Irish ghost stories, a soldier at Charles Fort married a local girl and they stayed at the fort for their wedding night. The soldier had watch duty that night and a bit drunk from the day's celebrations, of course, it's his wedding day, he fell asleep while on duty. Other soldiers in the fort found him asleep while on duty, and apparently during this time it was custom while finding a guard on duty to shoot him dead, so that is what they did. Shot him right at his post, right? Imagine your sleepy brand new husband falls asleep because he had a great time getting married to you and then you learn that he dies. Can you see where this story is going? I wonder if there's some unfinished business here. I'm excited to see, like, her Rosalie Hale come back, honestly. Right. A revenge arc. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. Let's Let's see if it lives up to the hype. So, she hears about her husband's death, and she kind of pulls a King Tommen, if you've seen Game of Thrones, and flings herself to her own death from the walls of this fortress. Decades after this, I know, imagine. Sad. It would feel so nice until you hit the floor. (laughs) Right? And you're flinging, I bet, that's like a Tumblr post, flinging yourself to, like, from a castle's fortress walls in a wedding dress in Ireland. Honestly, though, if there was ever a way to go. Right. I know I said, we said that last week about the mermaids or the week before, but this is a close second. (laughs) This is, I would Gliding off a castle wall, fuck yeah! Yeah, right. I should have <laughs> done that. You can even convince yourself that like a vampire will like swoop in and save you, like on his bat right. wings. You'll be like, I'm gonna be saved, splat, and that's the last thing. They, Your serotonin thing at the end is just all you Hell needed. Yeah. Right. Oh my gosh. Well, okay, so. Decades after the tragedy takes place, the White Lady was seen wandering through Charles Fort by soldiers and their families, especially children, interestingly Mm -hmm. enough. There were multiple different events where people saw her. One of the first is there were these two sergeants and they're packing up some equipment while on duty finishing up and one man's daughter was like, Dad, who's the lady in white smiling at me? And they were like, the fuck? Right. Oh gosh, that's not, that would be Camden. And I oh shit my, my pants. gosh, kids are Camden so clairvoyant. Really horrified us when we were house hunting. Mm-hmm. My son, we were helping my parents hunt for houses in Michigan, and we went into a basement, and it was really creepy already. The basement had tons; it was just bright red carpet, like the entire 
basement was just like wood panel walls and red carpet but then there was this like seat like room off to the side that was concrete floors dark it had like a weird chain thing like attached to a heater or something and we went in there and my son was like three at the time and he was like oh there's a man or right i don't even remember what he said but he alluded to there being a guy in the dark corner something like what who's that or who's he yeah or like who was back there? Yeah. It, yeah. And then I think they, I think after that they found out that the husband died in the house or something. Yeah, and that somebody and was locked up to that heater, right? Or no, that's my theory. Remember. That's my theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that was that's our just theory. my theory. But yeah, no. But Camden definitely saw like a ghost. He that was day. like, mom and dad were like hard pass on the house. Yeah. No thanks. And mm-hmm. thank God, because the house that they went to was yeah. so nice. I love you, mom and dad. Shout out to our mom and dad. So. <laughs> There were multiple events where people witnessed the white lady. In another story, a nurse saw the white lady standing over the bed of a sleeping child. And not all of her interactions with the living are friendly, obviously, because fuck everybody who looks like the men who killed my sleepy husband who was on guard duty, right? Even into the first half of the 20th century, several captains recounted stories of being pushed down a flight of stairs by an unseen force. So spooky, right? Ouch. Oh my gosh. Charles Fort was built between 1677 and 1682 as a history teacher sidebar. Uh, This was during the reign of Charles II, and it was built as a fortress to defend against attacks from enemies approaching via the sea, likely the Vikings. This is, you know, the time when they're really worried about Viking raids and exploration just started a couple hundred years ago, so they're probably worried about ships crossing during that time. And it was in military use all the way until 1922. Now it's in ruins, but the bride can still be seen wandering at those ruins in the fort's halls in her white wedding dress. The white lady, as the locals call her, has also been seen wandering the streets of Kinsale where she lived. In Charles Fort was declared an Irish National Monument in 1973, Mom's birth year, for its part in Irish history, and there are regularly guided tours today. We should wow. have known this. What would you do what if Jack's co worker shot him if he fell asleep guarding the armory? I don't even want to answer. I would be in jail. Like, I would definitely haunt them forever, too. Yeah, I would have had a Rosalie Hale redemption arc where I killed, like, every one of them, and the leaders who made the rule that you should shoot sleeping guards in the first place, like, how the fuck was that protocol? Um, And how is that efficient? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess it probably just terrified people into making sure they didn't fall asleep, but obviously it still happened because it was a rule. Um, But yeah, I would definitely have done some really bad things before flinging myself off the building. I'll say that. Right. (laughs) And after. And after. Okay, now for my ghoulish gal spooky story of the week, I will be covering the Blue Lady from San Francisco. So she's perhaps Northern California's single most famous ghost. She's often featured in most haunted lists, and there's even been a couple like TV episodes or documentaries about her, which is pretty cool. Um, 
But to know the story of the Blue Lady, you have to first understand the history of the restaurant that she's located at. It all begins with Frank Torres, who was a Peruvian immigrant, and he frequently got himself into trouble. In 1923, he got busted for selling alcohol at Waldemar Grill in San Francisco. He paid a $300 fine and then moved south about 20 miles to a Moss Beach eatery called the Marine View Tavern and started selling alcohol there. This was like during the Prohibition, obviously, so alcohol was extremely illegal. Nobody was supposed to be selling it. However, Moss Beach was a very like quiet location and it was a popular spot for bootleggers to haul Canadian whiskey onto shore. The Marine View Tavern had quite the reputation. Um, Torres's business partner was apparently making over $1,000 a week. I know that doesn't seem like much, but back in the day, it amounts to about $15,000 today. Holy. So he was, yeah, so he, she was making the equivalent of like $15,000 a week selling bootlegged alcohol. Um, Torres was also amazing when it came to bootlegging to the point where he actually ended up opening up his own place called the Moss Beach Distillery. This was like a beautiful restaurant located on a cliff and it quickly became a popular night spot for both silent film stars and politicians in San Francisco. Um, And after the prohibition in like the post what is it called? Post-prohibition? Yeah, post-prohibition, I guess. guess. (laughs) Yeah, Moss Beach actually went legit. So he was able to just like serve cocktails and alcohols along with fancy dinners like steak, fish, chicken. Um, And then Frank retired and the restaurant eventually went to his son Vic. Unfortunately, in 1964, Vic unexpectedly died of a heart attack. So in 1980, it ended up in the hands of Mike and Shirley Sarno. And that was the first time that the Blue Lady ever appeared in a local newspaper story. So although, like, it was rumored that she had been around prior to 1980 this was really when like her story became solidified at least like in san francisco records so a favorite oh the so the newspaper story read favorite haunt of blue lady is moss beach restaurant and the sarnos family told the paper that their playful ghost was known to slap kitchen staff on the butt so obviously she was a very like lighthearted and friendly ghost (laughs) according to legend like you're just cooking and you feel a slap on the ass you turn around no one's there cool that was the blue lady she's just giving you a a good game pal friendly workplace sexual harassment yeah exactly thanks blue lady um great okay so there are a number of iterations on the blue lady story most of them have a little bit less sexual harassment involved but almost (laughs) all of them are set during prohibition um so uh, commonly the story goes that she was a local girl who fell in love with a the restaurant pianist sometimes they're torn apart by a love triangle and in other versions of the story she's unhappily married and her husband ends up killing her and sometimes the pianist in a fit of rage in one version of the story the woman drowns herself in the sea or she was reportedly again killed 
maybe by her husband, maybe someone else, while walking on the beach below the restaurant with her lover. Um, So there's, like, a lot of different versions on how she came to be. Nobody really knows, like, nobody's really pinpointed the one origin story, but there are a lot of different theories on how the Blue Lady came to be, and those are a few of them. So in the 1990s, a new owner of the restaurant began asking America's most infamous psychic to visit his haunted restaurant. When Sylvia Brown arrived, it was about March 1992, she took a walk around the property and immediately began talking about a woman named Mary Morley. And keep in mind, she said she had no prompting and no background information, but she had like a year's warning about this story and location, which was more than enough time to do some research and stuff. So a lot of people are like kind of question the story and everything that came after it. But I'm going to tell the story nonetheless. So, this Sylvia Brown lady held a seance. There were three ghosts who were apparently trapped in a love triangle. One of them was Morley, who was a married woman. Another was John Contina, a handsome playboy, apparently. And then the third was Anna Philbrook, who was a pretty paramour of Contina's. Brown said that Mary Morley loved Contina, who was two-timing her with Anna. And then Anna, for whatever reason, threw herself into the ocean and drowned. And then Mary died of crushing injuries to her chest and head. While restaurant staffers went looking for Mary Morley in the archives of, like, San Mateo County, they were astonished that they actually found a woman with her name, who died in a highway crash in the year 1919. So a lot of believers say that this was proof that she was the Blue Lady of Moss Beach. However, there were no John Cantinas or Anna Philbrooks within the Bay Area Area records, um, nor was there any story about an Anna who threw herself into the sea. So a lot of people think that the seance was just, like, BSed, and a lot of people pretty much just think that brown researched it picked this story of um mary morley and kind of threw that in there and like was like made up the rest of the love triangle you know but yeah this story has stuck around for the past few decades despite the controversy and according to local lore she is the perfect ghost she's said to glide through rooms gently sway chandeliers murmur laugh and some yeah and sometimes even touch unsuspecting visitors apparently she is very beautiful and wistful and is just like forever gazing out into the pacific ocean in her glistening blue dress so very like oceanside ghost aesthetic you know which would be that would be like cool to see in person yeah. not gonna lie like i'd be I'd, I'd go. Friendly. yeah I'd, I'd visit yeah. blue lady and just like wait until the most she contact we have is you patting me on the shoulder that's cool yeah or a slap on the ass i'm cool yeah go ahead whatever cool okay as long um, as it doesn't hurt true true no like demonic nails only soft soft touches only is what we teach in this house (laughs) so um besides just you know wistfully looking out into the pacific ocean a lot of strange events have been documented since that time that can't really be explained such as mysterious phone calls when when they pick them up they end up being like nobody um levitating checkbooks which i i couldn't really find any evidence on this one but sounds really cool um right. rooms that are locked from the inside without any other means of entry 
um, women diners losing a single earring and then several earrings are found in one place weeks later or like tampering with computers as well as sightings by small children. So there's a lot of different like evidence that's piled up that makes people suspect that there's a ghost in the area and it's kind of all attributed to the blue lady. Ooh, that's amazing. And that concludes our little segment on Ghoulie Girls. To pick up our second half of the episode, we have sea baddies to focus on. The first of which is Amphitrite, a.k.a. Ariel's grandma, the soothing voice in the storm. Greek goddess of calm seas and wife of Poseidon is the most famous of the water nymphs. Often represented as riding dolphins or seahorses with pearls in their silky, watery hair. Imagine. That's like such a vibe, honestly. Right. So she's a Greek goddess and wife of Poseidon. And Poseidon had a bit of a temper on him, as we know, with his thunderstorms, you know, and his angry seas. So when he was crossed, he created great storms that ended in shipwrecks and other tragedies on the coast. Amphrite was the only one who could soothe him and make the seas become calm again, apparently. so sweet. So, right? So she came to represent calm seas and safe passage through the storm. Very, very cozy. However, that being said, she occasionally got a bit angry and uh, her gray waves sometimes put sailors at risk or to death as well. She also, you know, really enjoyed her little sea critters and created Mm. some sea monsters by breeding them herself. So clearly you should not fuck with Amphrite. She's also (laughs) the mother of Triton, the most famous merman, making her... Ariel's grandma. Ariel's grandma. Hell yeah. Right? That's fucking that's awesome. I love that. Right? Hard nice. to beat. But keto yeah. might do it. True. Oh, okay. So keto. Not the dieting plan where you drink butter in your coffee <laughs> in the morning. Um, but the goddess of sea monsters. She is the Greek goddess of the dangers of the sea, sea monsters, whales, and sharks. Keto actually consorted with her brother, and surprise, surprise, their offspring was a little bit scary. (laughs) (laughs) They actually produced a shit ton of fearsome monsters, including a she-dragon viper, which is personally my favorite. That sounds like low-key kind of amazing, but moving on. Um, A crab who devoured sailors. A hundred-headed serpent. Like, literally a a snake with a hundred heads. And the most famous, Gorgons, whose hair is made up of snakes and whose gaze can turn a man into stone. Does that sound familiar at all? (laughs) Hell yeah. Um, Medusa came to fame for being decapitated by Perseus, unfortunately. But she was one of the three Gorgon sisters. What a badass family, honestly. No kidding. So, Mm -hmm. would we rather be a serpent-headed woman or a shark woman seductress? Shark woman seductress. Me too. All the way. Yeah, like Medusa's cool. She's amazing. But, but yeah, definitely the shark woman. That sounds cooler. 100%. So Lamia, the seductress and shark woman, in ancient Greek mythology was uh, apparently seducing our our man Poseidon. Poseidon definitely got around. And his wife Hera was like, bruh, you are 
kidding me. You are sleeping around way too much. So she's annoyed. And the angry wife decides to destroy Lamia's children in an act of revenge. Not very cool. And to soothe her anguish, Poseidon turned her into a shark so she could eat other people's children to make herself feel better, as one does. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Jesus. That's dark. Oh my gosh. Hera, who clearly, you know, wasn't the nicest of of goddesses, also decided to give her sleeplessness. She can never go to sleep because sharks never really sleep, you know? Wow. So Poseidon decided to help her out and let her remove her own eyes uh, so she could still get some rest as she swam around. So she experienced some traumas and, as one does, became a monster and kind of a boogeyman kind of figure in ancient Greek mythology that a mom might tell their kid to make them get to sleep at night and a cautionary tale for women who might want to steal husbands of other people. Oh my goodness. Dude, okay, but what the fuck is wrong with Hera? She's like, okay my husband is mad and turn her into a shark so she could eat kids let me make this even worse and ensure that she never sleeps so instead of like eating kids for 12 hours and sleeping for 12 hours this bitch is gonna have 24 hours in a day to go hunt for children and eat them like and just to help you out you can't have any eyes to do it you can't see honestly though just to make your life easier so you can i feel like poseidon I feel like he was, like, softening the blow. He was like, damn, 24 straight hours of killing kids. There's not going to be any kids left. Let me take your eyes. That's, and then he, like, he that's spun That's I see. Like, gaslighting. Like, in his, like, manipulative way, he was like, I'm taking your eyes to help you so you can kind of rest. And it's like, bitch, you think I'm going to get any sleep with just, like, swimming around in the ocean, bumping into things while I try to hunt for people's children to right. eat them? <laughs> What, um, oh my gosh, what a messed up story. That's like one, that's an intense love triangle. I'll take, I'll take the, um, blue, blue lady love triangle over that. Cause that's just oh, What is up with our, our angry sea baddies eating people? Your next story right? also involves Sedna eating somebody. Yeah, Sedna, Sedna mode. Sedna mode. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sedna from Fingers to Seals. Sedna is the badass Inuit goddess of the sea and marine animals. Many different versions of her story exist. All of them are extremely gruesome, however. Sedna usually does something to make her dad mad, like reject a suitor, um, try to eat her parents on occasion, (laughs) marry a dog, or in general just be dissatisfied with men in general. So in every story, however, her father or sometimes other men take her out to the sea to drown her, but she tries to cling onto the side of the boat and her angered man folk end up chopping off her fingers, so she lets go. Um, because despite being very badly abused, she's really cool. And so her severed fingers turn into seals, walruses, and whales. She then slides into the sea, which she becomes the goddess of, pretty much. So after that, seal hunters and fishermen come to depend on her goodwill for a successful hunt or catch in a bitter twist of fate. She is considered a very vengeful goddess, which, oh, like, I wonder why, you know, (laughs) like, you said that you didn't like men, so your dad dragged you out to sea to kill you. 
was unsuccess- unsuccessful. So then he chops off your fingers. I wonder why you would be mad at the entire world, you know? At least she's um, worshipped. Yeah, but yeah, true. So now hunters have to kind of like pray to her and kind of pray to her to release the sea animals from the ocean in order to have a successful hunt. Um, and she's sometimes represented with a fishtail. So another like sad story, but ended up with a very badass sea goddess. So there's that. All right. So I'm not positive if I'm pronouncing the name of our next sea baddie correctly. And please forgive me if I pronounce it incorrectly. A targetus, a story of the first mermaid and Ooh. chopped off willies. <laughs> She was a Greek juicy. goddess. <laughs> Ew. Ouch. Okay. Our girl Atargetus was a great goddess for northern Syria, this ancient Assyria area, about 4,000 years ago, and was considered by them to be the first mermaid. She Ooh. fell in love with a shepherd called Hadad and bore him a daughter who would later become a great queen and build the hanging gardens of Babylon. So, interesting stretch of legend here, if you've heard the stories of the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. We don't know much about them. They're a wonder. So, who knows? Maybe this does explain it. Unfortunately, she accidentally caused the death of her beloved and, in her sadness, drowned herself. The gods, however, wouldn't let her great beauty disappear, so they didn't let her die, but instead transformed her into the first ever creature with the top half of a woman in the bottom half of a fish. She became the goddess of the moon, feminine power, and all of water. Men worshipped her so that they castrated themselves in her honor, which is a bit odd. I wonder why they started doing that, but hey, whatever. Maybe they were like, we want to be mermaids, and they do not have these parts. Oh, gosh. (laughs) By the 3rd century AD, one of the kings thought that might be a little bit extreme and said that anyone who emasculated themselves should have a hand cut off to encourage people to stop that practice. And from that day on, pretty much nobody decided to go with that route because nobody wants to lose both your (laughs) hand and your other hand. Let's not cut off our wee-wees anymore. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. That's crazy. I, just like imagine like you're like you accidentally killed your beloved you off yourself you turn into a mermaid and then ra- men randomly start just like cutting off their dicks in your honor right like dropping them into wild... the ocean dicks just start falling into you know the what ocean. i would literally rather have just died i would have been like <laughs> being a mermaid is cool but please please gods just let me die like, it's raining clone wieners hallelujah just, yeah ew that's actually like maybe not hallelujah. Very... <laughs> that that, is, that would be a little uncomfortable. It's rain and we. It sounds like a my... special special lake of hell. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> there's a special room in the underworld where you just sit and all around you wieners <laughs> rain down from salt water. Oh my gosh! Like you're floating in a pool, and it's just like a pool of dicks. <laughs> Isn't that ironic that last week our outro was about Bella, Swan, and Kier Knightley like gracefully jumping off of cliffs, and then this week we have a story about a woman like just gracefully jumping off a castle cliff. That's like, so true. 
And yeah. every single time it was because of a damn man. Yeah. Just kidding. Not time. a damn man with a bad tone. We love men. <laughs> we, you know, we love great men. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not a hope. Maybe Not next week we'll try to avoid cliff jumping content. No promises, yeah. though. To be totally honest, it didn't happen on purpose. <laughs> we'll so. try. But. <laughs> Join us next week as we dolphin dive into the end of spooky season with our Halloween special. Join us for the live premiere also on Twitch on Saturday, October 29th. Heck yeah. May your anchor be tight. May your cork be loose. May your rum be spiced. And may your compass be true. Or, as I like to say, may your anchor be as tight as that virgin who her husband was shot on their wedding night because he had duty (laughs) instead of consummating their marriage. May your cork be as loose as that bitch Hera Poseidon's (laughs) wife who forbade the shark lady forever sleeping. May your rum be as spiced as Captain Jack Sparrow's. And may your compass be as true as Karen, a.k.a. Plankton's (laughs) ride or die wife from spongebob (laughs) but yeah thanks for listening and we cannot wait to catch you next time for our halloween special (laughs) 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 can you hear how little quiet Your heart's being yeed far too loudly for my two-year-old's eardrops. It's absolutely assaulting. You mean that how long enough, boy? Oh, oh. you mean your last haul, buddy. <laughs> Until next time, XOXO, kill me, girl.